The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, how are you doing going into the show coming up on august 6th well you know it, it's the final preparation for survival of the fittest we really got to uh pick up the promotion on that uh the only match we're able to uh announce so far which is a big one you know jay vidal putting his fsw career on the line uh, against the no limits champion the new one once again you know, first time ever, the title has been exchanged three times in a row. So, you know, will the fourth time, you know, be the charm for Jay Vidal? Because if it isn't, Jay Vidal won't be at FSW. What does that, uh, what does that do for you in terms of making you look at the future with having possibly no Jay Vidal on your roster who's arguably one of the most popular wrestlers that not only you have now, but you've ever had. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, the last couple of months, you know, Jay Vidal doesn't feel as loved as he did before. And it's, you know, I've, I've tried to explain it to guys that, you know, if Gregory Sharp can get cheered because he won a title, because he hadn't won one, it, you know, it's a big moment. People have seen him, whether they don't like him or not, they respect him. And Matt Vandergriff's a guy who's really well-liked. So, of course, a large, you know, there's a lot of people who love Jay Vidal, but they also love Matt Vandergriff. So they're kind of torn. You know, not everybody's like Brandy, who's ready to uh, never come to a wrestling show again if Jay Vidal loses. You know what I'm saying? Oh. You know, I... I'm almost rooting for Jay Vidal because, you know, she's going to cost me, you know, a lot of money over the year. Well, you know what you can do is uh, if if that's the case, just tab it up and send the uh, the check to Jay and he can pick up the tickets for her for the next year. You know, if we can get her to get that season passed, then it wouldn't, you know, I, I wasn't thinking ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what uh, what matches so far for August 6th uh, have been announced? Uh, we've announced uh, the two tag team champions will be in action in singles matches. Uh, the big one, Hero Lou against Ice Williams. You know, uh, let's see how Ice Williams bounces back after, you know, a, a, a defeat, but a defeat that really earned him a lot of respect in in right. the wrestling world going toe-to-toe with Hammerstone. Well, now he gets Hero Lou, uh, and then Shogun is going to take on Watson. You know, obviously these guys have been enthralled and engaged in situations over the last few months, and 
you know, it's easy to see at survival of the fittest, there'd be some combination of match between TBD and Hammerstone and the faction and things like that. Uh, then we got a six man tag, which is, you know, the guys that are, you know, bragging about everything they've done in Arizona, you know, Jesus Christ, I read Facebook and, you know, Danny's, Danny's calling me out. Yeah. I got a little confused because one said that I said they were the seventh best tag team, which I don't believe I said seven. Uh, and then the other one said, uh, when we were talking about, I guess, them and Doomfly, I said they'd be the fifth team that would get that opportunity. Now, I don't know if it was five and maybe I said it. I, you know, I say a lot of things, you know, I just know, you know, TBD and death proof would definitely and even a sky high. But I don't know if there'd be another team, you know. So, hey, Danny, you moved up. Now you're fourth. So, you know, they'll be teaming up with Brett the Threat against you know, their big nemesis, you know, Sky High, who a lot of people compare the Suavecitos and Sky High. Obviously, Sky High has got a little more experience than the Suavecitos. And, you know, a lot of times people say things to, to pump themselves up, you know, whatever it is, that, that chip on their shoulder, you know, with Danny, the Napoleon complex, you know, that they're always out to prove, hey, Joe. You know, we're Chavo Guerrero's favorite tag team. Okay, then, okay, tell Chavo to start a company and, you know, you could be his champion. You know, it's like nobody's ever discounted what they are, but they're young, they're inexperienced, they've had some really good matches, and they've had some really shitty matches. Just, I find it funny because every time Danny talks, he's like, oh, we had a banger. Oh, it was the banger. It was the match of the night. No offense, but every match isn't the match of the night. So, you know, you, you're being a little ridiculous. And But if that's what motivates you, you know, it, it happened in the past. You know, the the when Clutch and Sugar Brown had the chip on their shoulder back from China, you know, they wanted to prove to Joe DeFalco that they were deserving. Sure. And they were better than the 1%. And what about us? And same thing with Remy Marcel. You know, all these guys, no matter, you know, those guys were champions before, but they felt that they were slighted. Gregory Sharp felt slighted, you know, and and if that's if I can be the motivating factor to get them to another level, you know, it's funny that, you know, people that have made it. You know, when I talk with Tom Howard, he's nothing but, man, thanks for everything. You know, you, you really helped us out a lot, and, and we consider you a major reason for the success of Lacey Ryan's Zoe Stark. You know, I always get a message here and there from Sefa, you know, showing his appreciation. Well, it seems like Chris Bay, Cross, Hammerstone, you know, guys who made it, to the pinnacle seem to be appreciative and see what I did to help them. And the guys who are struggling and hoping to get to that next level, you know, if that's their motivation to get there and they get there, well, you know, just, just remember uh, the guy who helped push you there. Right. 
Now, that's a very fair point. Um, however, one of the things that Brett the Threat posted this week on Facebook uh, was a picture of Dom Vitale in a Brett the Threat shirt. Are we going to see Joe DeFalco match that and wear a Brett the Threat shirt? If he gives me a shirt and I decide to wear it that day, you know, I'm willing to take shirts. It was my birthday last week. And who drops by for probably the third year in a row? We were doing the podcast last week, and he was trying to come by. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to be there. I'm doing the podcast. Well, I'll be there after. And Ice Williams comes in with three three shirts, you know, uh, a faction shirt, an Ice Williams shirt. And actually, I forgot I was, I was going to wear it today. I was going to wear the, uh, the Ice Williams shirt in celebration of him providing me gifts. You know, here's a guy, another guy. He may not have been successful in, in capturing the heavyweight championship, but he knows that Joe DeFalco has tried to do his best, as I try to do with all my people, and, you know, try to push them to that next level and give them opportunities. And now it's up to you, the wrestler, to take advantage of the opportunities. You know, Danny made this, you know, comment and it's like, oh, who's got more clout than us? And it was like, yeah, maybe the team that beat you last month. Oh, you mean the ones that uh, only wrestle in one city? And it's like, what? what is the point of that? Even if they did only wrestle in one city, the point is they beat you. And if I'm not mistaken, their first trip to California, the East Bay Pro Wrestling, they won the tag titles there. So you've already been proven wrong that they don't – wrestle in only one city because up in you know midwestern california you know in the middle ground they're they're tag team champions it's like the only belts i see the suavecito with are the ones they they, they stole from attacking sky high so they, they they don't even have any championships as great as they are so you know go win something you know they won the young you know they the young lions cup or whatever in mexico you know, the rumor was I heard it was the 15 and under class. They just thought that those guys were only like 14 years old. But I could be wrong. You know, I got that information from Evan Daniels, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, you know what? I think the uh, Suavecitos, uh, you know, you guys have a, a big uh, – your, your your shoes are size uh, 17 now so you got to fill them shoes up man and uh, show what you can do uh, on August 6th uh, you know it, it's gonna be uh, Brett the threat teaming with uh, the suavecitos and sky high is gonna be teaming with uh, who the young prodigy Bodie there we go you know Brett the threat arguably has come off you know, the two biggest wins of his career against Cal Jack and Sin Bodie. You know, he has been on a roll lately. You know, he's one of the, you know, him and the Suavecitos are a perfect match. They're the most arrogant guys I've ever met, you know. And the funny thing is, you know, getting back to the Suavecitos, that they talked exactly the same when they were 0 and 11. So it, it goes in one ear out the other because that's, their attitude and more Danny again, because he, he, he speaks a lot more than Ricky, 
You know what I mean? Right. And again, they're both extremely talented. You know, in two years, it's going to be, you know, very interesting to see where they're at in the landscape of professional wrestling. You know, right now they're in the growing period. You know, they're in the they're in the growth period where generally you tell people to shut the fuck up, keep the you know, keep your ears open and your mouth closed. But these new breed of wrestlers that are coming along, you know, thanks to that social media and their 47 followers egging them on to talk shit, you know, they, they feel that's what's necessary. And in some cases, who's to argue? If Brett the Threat's getting booked in 10 different places, I doubt he's getting booked because they never saw any social media presence or any promos or anything he did. Right. He got himself, you know, known in different parts of, of the state. You know, nobody came up to me and say, hey, Mr. DeFalco, uh, there's a guy who sent a uh, resume, Brett the Threat, and, you know, we wanted your opinion. No, people go on their own. So they're either getting recommendations from somebody, you know, nobody's magically sending a, a video of, of their work, and it's like, oh, my God, I got to have this guy. You, you know right. what I mean? And, you know, he... In his defense, he's gotten on Booker T's radar. He's gotten on those shows. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I'd be dumb to sit here and say, oh, yeah, these guys suck. Because right. they don't. You know, they just do things that really irk the boss. You know, go work Dom's show once every month or two. Well, and that's interesting because they're going against three guys who would, I guess be the exact opposite guys who go by the book who keep their mouths kind of closed and listen and learn and try to make uh, a name for themselves uh but by like you said by going out and winning a tag title or uh you know Bodhi at his age uh, going out and getting opportunities and um you know is not uh, pushing himself as the the future is now type of, of character is that an interesting balance that you have to deal with nowadays uh, you know in the past before social media it was always in-house stuff so the egos and the you know and the trying to get ahead and etc was all usually contained but now it's it's out there for everyone to see so is that something you have to balance and uh, not only give opportunities to the guys who are doing everything, you know, by the book per se, but also having to balance that with the guys who are using social media. And, and don't get me wrong, both sides have talent. That's the whole thing. They have talent. If they didn't, we wouldn't be having a conversation. So is that something that's, you know, kind of new to you in terms of having to have that balance? Well, the thing that's mainly different is, you know, when you wrestle a show in Vegas, people in Vegas know what's going on. When you wrestle that show in Arizona, the people in Arizona, you know, you know, most recently, uh, the Suavecitos and Brett the Threat wrestled in Arizona. Right. And they've wrestled there a few times, and they've wrestled the best of the West. And generally, our fans don't really know the results of things that happen in different companies in different states. Right. But, 
you know, the Brett the Threats of the world and, and, and those guys, you know, they make it a point. Hey, you know, we beat them in their hometown. We beat them in our hometown. We beat them here. We wrestled them there. And now, even though they're not feuding here, the Suavecitos in Sky High have wrestled numerous times all over the West Coast. And now it's coming back here. You know, it's it's home turf, you know, and people only heard what happened in those matches. Right. And that came from one side. So it's like, well, now they get to, to witness it, you know, live. And it is definitely different because, you know, Sometimes you could say things about a person and it's like, well, they've, they've had no success, but now they pull it up and say, see, this is what I did in Phoenix last week, you know, or, you know, Brett, the threat, you know, trying to lay out a Remy Marcel, for example, you you know what I mean? So our fans now, even more so today than five years ago, five years ago or six years ago, a guy like cross would come on and get noticed by the world by doing promos. Yeah. And nowadays, the new thing is talking about, you know, matches and things you've had in different states that makes our fans more aware of your career because they're more, they're more interactive with the fans. They're more active on social media when they go out and do stuff, which, again, it's almost that snowball effect of, oh, well, I got booked here and was successful, and now I'm getting booked over there. You know, and then all of a sudden you see guys getting booked in Washington, you know, which has become a a pretty hot bed for independent wrestling. And, you know, maybe they go to Utah, maybe they go to New Mexico, you know, and maybe they go to Texas and wrestle for Booker T. You know, all of it, you know, because in this business, it's all about making a name for yourself and making as many connections as possible. As I've always said, you know, there there's thousands of guys who are good wrestlers, but the only ones who get to that next level had the right connections to help them get to that next level. I've seen some guys that are fantastic that have never really gotten the opportunity because they never wrestled in a company to where those guys had access to getting them, you know, looked at. You know, this day it's... This day, if you do your homework, you can at least get on people's radars, you know, yeah. sending stuff to especially like AEW and, and Impact and, and New Japan in the United States. You know, take a look at the guys, you know, who are now in Japan, you know, Tito and Royce, they're in Japan now because of the success they had in New Japan's trek to the United States and having the dojo. And I know guys like Sharp and Jacob Austin Young, they've all been, you know, they've trained at the dojo. Uh, uh, Ryan Taylor, who gets used a lot now. Bateman, Danny Limelight, Adrian Quest. You know, I kind of hate New Japan. They've, they've, they've driven the rates up of the guys that I would use from Cali to drive in. I'll tell you that right now, you well, know, well, trying to get some people. And let me ask you. Let me ask you about that because uh, just announced, I think within the last uh, two days or so, Carl Fredericks is no longer under contract to them. Is that someone who uh, could find his way to Vegas? 
it, it always is. Uh, you know, I've had some preliminary talks, but, you know, uh, everybody's on the table, you know, whether they're with New Japan or not. In the past, the issue was with Carl was dealing with the office of New Japan. Right. And they had a lot of restrictions, especially since he was a dojo guy, you right. know, and what he was and wasn't allowed to do. While guys like, you know, Tito and Royce and Limelight and Bateman, you know, they're just kind of outsiders, I guess you could say. You know, it's the same thing because I saw Clark Connors uh, wrestling for Dom in Phoenix. And I was like, hey, you know, maybe they changed their policy. And it was like, no, you know, we still had to pay a lot. We got a little bit of a deal because he trains with us. So I guess he moved to Phoenix. So they, they got some kind of deal that they worked out. You know, it, it just yeah. is, is kind of difficult because all these bigger companies are trying to become more and more possessive of the talent and what they do. And, okay, well, this guy can't lose to that guy, and this company can't lose to that company because we're right. bigger than them, and it makes us look bad. So that, I don't think the politics has ever been as bad because when you were signed to a major company in the past, you couldn't work anywhere. It didn't matter. Right. It's only with, you know, Ring of Honor, AEW, you know, Impact. Like, with Impact, most of those guys have the freedom to work elsewhere through their contracts that I can just deal with a Chris Bay by himself. You know, right. I can deal with the Trey Miguel. But when Willie Mack was there, I had to go through the office because that's how his contract was structured. Yeah. So you had to book him through there. So now their rate's going to be higher because Impact's getting their money back. Right. You know what I mean? Where Willie might do it for this because he lives in Vegas, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'd work for that. He can't make that decision on his own. Thankfully, you know, a guy like Delo's in the office. So it becomes like, hey, this is what we're generally asking. What do you think you can do? And then he can present it. And in most cases, as you've seen, we've had Willie on the shows. So, sure. you know, they gave a gave us Willie for a, a rate that we were comfortable with. Right. Um, when you are looking at uh, the road to setting up survival of the fittest, um, has there been anything that you thought you were going to potentially book for the show that just wasn't going to work out? Um, and is there anything that uh, you see yourself working on right now that could be uh, something fairly big that uh, the fans might not even expect? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I talked to a good friend of ours who's worked for us on a few occasions. Super cool dude, you know, and he was in town. So I hit him up like, hey, bro, you in town? Blah, blah, blah. You know, he was hanging out with a friend of his. And I had heard rumors, uh, but it turns out it's true. The, the friend lives in town. And he's a former, you know, WWE superstar, still, you know, in fantastic shape. And, you know, I'm trying to see if we can make things happen. And then the guy that I'm talking to was like, yeah, bro, I might be moving to Vegas soon. So it's like, dude, you know, let me in on that one because, you know, he's a guy we've been wanting to use. Another, again, another guy impact wwe nwa 
You know, he's world renowned. He's feuded with some of the biggest names in the history of professional wrestling. So, you know, anytime you can add that, you know, sometimes in those situations, especially if it's a guy you're going to use more than once because they live here, man, if you could get that surprise the first time out, all of a sudden, boom, the entrance music hits and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck? You know, that's what I live for. You know what I mean? It's like in a lot of situations, it's hard to do. You know, uh, we did it in the past one time when we had Lance Hoyt as the handpicked guy for Polly Cover to Russell Cross. The problem was Lance Hoyt was a big name in New Japan, but he wasn't a big name in, you know, the United States. But this right. guy's a big fucking monster, six foot eight. And as, as I've told the Lance Hoyt story over the years, you know, Shelton Benjamin brought him into the IWF, and we were kind of like, oh, Lance Hoyt. You know, all I think of is the air guitar playing idiot from, you know, the Rock and Rave connection, which I was never a fan of. Like, here was this big dude who was presented as kind of a goof. But he was in the early runs with uh, Davey Boy Smith in, in New Japan. And so it was like, you know what? It was a little kind of interesting. And it was like, hey, you know, he'll fly himself in. This is the rate. And we're like, hey, that's cool. You know, and I was going to have him work Brian Cage because when they were in developmental down, I believe, in Georgia back then, when it was uh, when they were developmental was down there. That was the match I was pitching for, you know, and. Shelton's like, no, 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 because Shelton Benjamin was on uh, the creative crew with me and, and Johnny the Bull at the time. And it was like, no, we need to do Lance Hoyt and Matt Hardy. And it's like, oh, my God, we got to put Matt Hardy in with this goof. Blah, 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 blah. Match start. We, we, I, you know, I have, to, I have to give up some authority to get some things that I want. So we're like, okay, I'm not going to argue that point. And, you know, they had a bad... They had a banger, you know, and the top rope snapped as Lance Hoyt went over there. We thought he was going to kill himself. He ended up being fine. And right after the show, I'm like, hey, bro, man, if you ever want to come to Vegas, I'd love to have you. And it was like, here was a guy who totally changed my mind. I met him. And as I said, he's not one of the nicest wrestlers I met. He's one of the nicest people I have ever met. So, you know. Thanks, Shelton. You got one right. You know, and, and Lance is that guy. You know, I hit him up uh, AEW weekend thinking he might be in town. But again, AEW didn't even use him. It was like they gave him the quick push. And now he's just kind of a, another random guy uh, that unfortunately, you know, up and down, up and down, depending on, on where they're going with him. But, you know, we did that, and it was great having Cross and Lance Hoyt, and it was great for Cross. But I just remember, because it was so quiet, I heard a couple of fans in the front row, and the guy was like, holy shit, that's Lance Hoyt. And, like, you know, he was he was the only one, you know. Well, you know, the, at that time, Lance Hoyt had the one big fan who would follow him around, right? Yes. <laughs> Um, you know, speaking of uh, shows and, and big productions, uh, SummerSlam, what did you think? Hey, 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 be before we get to that, you were talking about changes and the things in the show. Yeah. Well, yeah. on August 21st, in Survival of the Fittest, 
we planned on crowning a new women's champion. And obviously the top contender for that is Viva Van. And uh, Viva made me aware that even though she was booked for that, she had uh, a major, major uh, booking uh, step in that date. And since she is available August 6th, uh, we are going to crown a new women's champion on Saturday. And what we're going to do is, because there hasn't been a lot of women going through, uh, through the through the circuit, you know, the Rochelle Riveter did really well against Viva, had a great match. But to just follow it up with that match, that's not how it's going to happen. So what we're going to do is Viva is going to be one of the participants in the finals for the winner wins the women's championship. What we're going to do is we're earlier in the night, we are going to have a uh, fatal four-way. And the winner of the fatal four-way will now wrestle Viva Van for the women's championship. You know, right now we got Rochelle Riveter, who proved herself a couple weeks ago. Uh, We got Alice Blair. We got Lilith Grimm out of Colorado. Uh, and And we're working on a fourth member. You know, I've reached out. You know, to Christina Von Erie, I've reached out to uh, Delilah Doom, uh, a couple others who were unavailable. So we're hoping to, to add a fourth participant. And then the winner, as a preview to Survival of the Fittest, you know, the winner has to go to then wrestle Viva Van, who has been, you know, the hottest women's wrestler in the business, capturing belts everywhere she goes. You know, she's come back to FSW and she's been on a roll, you know, for four to six months, defeating every challenger in her way. So uh, I guess she got tired of just wrestling matches with no meaning and she wants a title match. And we believe the time is right. So it is going to happen August 6th. A new women's champion will be crowned. Yeah, that that is exciting because, you know, the thing is, is that you've said it before. It's, it's tough because there's not a concentrated, uh, you know, group of women in Las Vegas. So it means that there's a lot of people coming in and trying to find that rhythm, trying to find storylines when that type of, you know, booking has to happen um, is tough. But also the the women's title, you know, has become something that has a nice lineage in fsw and really does mean something so it's good to see that uh you're able to start getting the title back into the mix and hopefully that will draw uh you know a few more uh wrestlers this way and maybe you know the, like you said the you know there's people moving here all the time and we've seen it it's a lot of guys moving here at some point maybe the women start moving here to uh you know to to solidify an fsw women's division and and get uh, a little notoriety well uh, rochelle riveter moved here from colorado Uh, another uh female that we've used in the past gypsy mac who i've talked to she's actually going to move here and start training with us uh she said hopefully by october you know and 
TJP's girl uh, recently had a baby, Aria Black Blake, and she's inquired about uh, possibly doing some stuff here. So, you know, mixed in with the uh, out-of-state talent, you know, the the Viva Vans, the Milos, uh, Johnny Robbie, who's been brought to my attention. You know, there, there's definitely some girls, and especially if it continues or not with the uh, the United Women's Wrestling, uh, I believe that's what it's called. Is that what it's called? The one at the Sahara? Uh, the UWW. Yeah, United Women's Wrestling, I think. Wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Right, and we got Jenny Santana, Tito Santana's daughter, training with us. Uh, the other day, it was crazy. We, we had a class... And I was like, wow, we actually had six women, you know, training in the class. So uh, there's definitely some new talent aboard. There's a couple of our younger talent that is progressing pretty quickly. So we're definitely looking forward to, you know, there's nothing worse than having a top 10 list that only five people could be on. You know what I mean? It's it it makes it difficult And, and it's and it's tough. But, you know, we're going to try our best. You know, we've, we've been talking with former women's champion, you know, Maserati. And, you know, she, she's been banged up a lot and, you know, kind of took a break. I just saw she got to wrestle in uh, Trinidad and Tobago uh, yeah. last weekend. So, you know, definitely she is somebody uh, we'd love to have in the mix. You know, I did talk to her about Saturday and she got a little offended that she would be put into a four-way to have to win to wrestle Viva Van. So, you know, but talks continue. You know, uh, Maserati's felt that she has, you know, proven herself. And she should not be in a contender's match. So, you know, where that lies, you know, she is an original. She trained with us, you know, we, we want to accommodate her, but, you know, she's also not been around for a long time. So, you know, so it's kind of like a touchy situation, you know, she feels she deserves to be the queen and, you know, she should be the one in the position that somebody has to be to get to wrestle her. So, right. Uh, well, and and it's kind of, uh, you know, it's justified. She really has put in the work and, she is uh, one hell of a, a tough, tough woman. Uh, yeah, she's, she's come. She's come a long way when she was just the valet who was hated. Now she's the wrestler who's hated. So yeah. Well, you know, what? and it's remarkable too because with her, I think one of her biggest assets is the fact that her voice, when she gets really uh, angry, is just so unique. It's you don't hear it from other wrestlers because it's unique to her. And that is just so fun to watch the crowd just just give it to her when she's, you know, complaining about something. Um, it's just so fun to see her and to, to have her around would be great. And she has been banged up. So that's nice that she's gotten that chance to kind of rest herself a little bit. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes uh, with the women's championship. Um, and, of course, like you said, collecting belts and um, – you know, that FSW title could fit somewhere in the luggage, I'm sure. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, any other matches uh, right now on August 6th? 
Well, Nick Zander is going to wrestle a hand-picked opponent of Clutch because Nick Zander wants another match with Clutch. And Clutch stated, well, I really proved my point by beating your ass after the match. Nobody remembers the fact that Nick Zander won it with a flash pin. All they remember is the beatdown that Nick Zander received. Well, right. Nick Zander came out, he opened the show, and, and he wants Clutch. And Clutch said, well, this is how it's going to work. I don't really need to do it, but, hey, I'm, I'm a fair guy. So he's told him that if Nick Zander wants a match at Survival of the Fittest, Clutch will give him a match as long as he beats whoever he puts in front of him on August 6th. So it'll be extremely interesting to see uh, who Nick Zander is going to have to wrestle. So, yep. you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, ideas and thoughts and, and options, I would guess, you know, is, is Clutch going to look at the past history of Nick Zander? Uh, Clutch has also stated on many occasions that, you know, in his day and when he trained, it was a lot harder to break in uh, than it is now, you know, will clutch find a name from the past and, you know, put him in front of Nick Zander, you know, no idea, you know, clutch, clutch is kind of an enigma. You know, I've known clutch since he was a guy who wrestled some shows in Arizona and decided to move all the way to Vegas and take a shot at training at FSW, he knew people here. He, you know, respected everything we were doing. You know, here's a guy we've had many ups and downs with. You know, the respect is on, you know, both sides. You know, you can walk by the office one day and you can hear arguing. You know, if you don't hear the other person, well, you might think it's Cody. You might think it's Remy. But you also might think it's Clutch. So, you know... He is keeping it close to the vest, you know. I, I know of a few people he's talked to, but, you know, I, I have no idea, you know, exactly who's going to be there. Gregory Sharp will be on hand, the Nevada State champion. Uh, we also have uh, Damian Drake's going to be on hand, Jordan Oasis, uh, who had a uh, new attitude, I guess you can say. Uh, the MK Army's Kevin Koa will be on hand along with MK and he will be going one-on-one -on -one with a man he demolished. That wasn't part of the match. It was making a statement. A uh, young Jeffrey excellence is going to get an opportunity to exact revenge from the beatdown that he received at the hands of the MK army. So, you know, we definitely got some good things happening. So, you know, get your tickets, fswvegas.com. Of course, you can go to the, uh, the you know, you can go to the door and, and buy the tickets there. You know, as I made the post on the flyer, you know, just come on down. Maybe we could see if Sky High and Bodie could shut up the Suavecitos. <laughs> I think that's going to be the, uh, the moniker for the show. Um. So I was going to ask you, SummerSlam, uh, what were your opinions? I didn't watch every match, but I watched, you know, a decent amount. 
you know, I always know when you have the, uh, you know, you, you win money in the bank. But, you know, I thought Theory had absolutely no help from creative whatsoever. You know, he got, you know, I did not expect him to cash in. Absolutely not. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Okay. Right. But when you have Lashley smash him, it's, it should at least give him some hope in the other match because usually you don't want to kill a guy two different times. Right. But he got smashed two different times. And I looked at that as, wow, it's going to be a while before. And I like theory a lot, and I think it would, it would be cool. That was not the place for him to, to cash in. Right. And whether he, he's one of those guys who cashes in or not, I still think he is a guy who has a huge future, future, future world champion. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's going to take time because right now he, he's being booked more as a cowardly guy. And sure. it's like, look at theory, you know, he's a big enough dude. He looks like a badass. you know, he's in great shape. You know, he can talk and it's like, I guess that's how they want to position him. I don't know. You know, a couple other matches I saw. One match I didn't see that I was disappointed in was uh, the Usos match with uh, the Street Profits. To go after everything they did at the last show to come back and just have them lose again, I'm I'm not understanding the the purpose that it served. Like, okay, are you, are you going to break them up? Is that the plan? Well, maybe you should have jump-started it then. So at least it wouldn't have been just so, oh, okay, the Usos won. Let's move on to the, the next day. And, you know, that's how it becomes. Right. You know, uh, I watched uh, Bianca Belair, and I saw the end part with Bailey and them coming back. Cool. You know, you got you got a new faction. You know, and obviously Triple H showed a little there by bringing back somebody who had been released already. You know, hopefully another person who's been released uh, won't resign till October 23rd, the day after our Mecca. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, we will see, you know, what's going on in there. And, you know, the, the main event. I love the spot with the tractor, and it wasn't the spot that I love with the tractor so much. It was the fact that when he lifted it, Roman Reigns was in one corner, and the way he bounced and sold that, man, that, that, that was fantastic. Never seen that before. It was fun. It's like, how crazy is it that Brock Lesnar now is the fun guy? Right. And it's, it's fucking fabulous to watch. It's And, you know, it went... I, I Joey was at his buddy Mars's house and they were watching the show and I came back. So I'd left after a couple, you know, one of the matches and I came back and it was uh, eight Oh nine. And I was like, ah, oh, let me hit Peacock. You know, maybe the main event's still on. It was a little eight thirty four when I looked at my clock again and the match was still going. It was like the longest Brock Lesnar match in the history of yeah. Brock Lesnar. I was like, that match had to go 30, 35 minutes. The only thing I may have done differently was he got laid out, he got up. He got laid out, he got up. They did that four or five times. I think the fifth time he got laid out, instead of just laying him out the sixth time and pin him, 
maybe he makes that small comeback, you know, kind of like the, the, the money in the bank thing. Usually, you know, the guy comes in, he attacks the guy. And a lot of times it goes to a finish within 30 seconds. Not very fun. But the fun part is the guy makes a little bit of a comeback and then gets smashed down again. It was like if Lesnar could have had just one more little comeback and then get sent packing, you know. But I, other than that, you know, it was it was a great main event. Probably one of the best main events in a while because of the fact that as good as Brock Lesnar putting over Drew McIntyre is, the match didn't last six minutes. Yeah. So, you know, you're just getting into it, and it's like, oh, it's UFC style. Anything can happen at any time. Well, no, it's Brock Lesnar style, and you guys generally, you know, the last match with Reigns, I think, went eight minutes. And it was like, oh, that was a long match. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the question becomes, where does Brock Lesnar go now? You know, yeah. I saw some people felt, oh, he did the hat thing. He's, he's retiring, going out in sunset. But then I guess he was booked for the day one pay-per-view. And it's like, is Brock Lesnar just going to come in and beat random guys? Like, I, I'm not sure there's much of a sell in that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to, uh, to see where they go with that. And uh, my favorite part of that ring... So, like you said, Roman sold that. Just it was it was brilliant. It was wonderful. But the funniest part about it is Brock Lesnar's vest and hat stayed put. It didn't it didn't move at all. <laughs> so it took Roman out, but a hat and a vest, nah. And, and they couldn't do that spot the other way because I don't think Roman Reigns would have any clue how to use a tractor. So the fact of the matter is. You know, we all know Brock is the farmer guy, so he was big. You know, there was no hesitation. It wasn't like, you know, those spots where you see and time just drains away, the hourglass is going, and somebody's got to sit there and lay and lay. You know, Brock Brock, Brock was quick to it. The other match that I, I watched in its entirety was uh, Logan Paul and The Miz. and. Yeah. You know, I really think and I, you know, I hear the facts that Logan Paul wanted to be a baby face and all this other stuff. But I think him and Miz could have had a nice fun run as tag team champions in that situation. They work well together, you know, and Logan Paul did really well. You know, I heard McAfee's match had a few hiccups, but, you know, Happy Corbin's kind of really at a low low spot in his career and he's had numerous low spots but for some reason he keeps getting that little bump and i'm not sure what that match accomplished you know to have on that show that was easily a smackdown match yeah and i think that pat mcafee is essentially he was on that show because i think they consider him as a wrestler attraction right now um so but it looks like the big buildup eventually will be for uh, McAvee versus Corey Graves, which would be wonderful because I don't think we've ever seen a commentator versus commentator brand versus brand match in the WWE. Yeah, I guess that would be interesting. I heard recently Corey Graves got uh, uh, basically cleared to train again, but wasn't the issue with Corey Graves was he really wasn't good enough. So I guess 
he isn't good enough as a wrestler, but as a wrestler who's a commentator, now he becomes good enough. You know what I mean? It's right. like, you know, he plays the heel. And I'm not the biggest fan of Corey Graves, so I hope McAfee smashes him. <laughs> I like McAfee's funny. Yeah. You know, he's in, very engaging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he and he's naturally athletic. So, you know, he puts everything together. I think that's the same thing with Logan Paul that we're seeing too. Is if you're naturally if you're naturally athletic, you get a bigger chance of making that trans translate into the ring. Um, and then if you're working with a guy like Miz, it, you know, it just makes it that much better because you know Logan Paul is still stiff and you know, and really, you know, grab a leg type of stiff where the leg is still still stiff, um, you know, and not loose. So he's got stuff to learn, and The Miz was selling everything wonderfully, and it looked great. Uh, amongst some other things going down for former FSW people, uh, the MMM got uh, Max Dupree back, where uh, everyone thought that he was uh, fired. Uh, just two weeks ago, <laughs> apparently Hunter being creative said, nah, yeah, you're good. You're staying. That, that was fun to see. Well, it'd have been more fun to see them leave him out of that and put him actually in a situation where, you know, he can excel. You know, I, I don't see the upside in any way whatsoever, you know, you know, go on YouTube and check out the Rickerisms, that little, uh, you know, little snippets that I had Sean do back in like 2010, 2011. Yeah. And he, he, you know, ad libs, funniest dude, you know, serious he can be, you know, and I just think that he has far more to offer. Then, then what they're positioning him in, you know. I'll, I'll say it again, you know. Are are those guys going to win the tag team titles? Are they ever going to wrestle? Is it only going to be runway models showing off uh, different uh, swim gear? At least if it was like, hey, here's swim gear by Snickers, who's a sponsor. You know, I'm really not sure. You so know, did, did you where they going with it? And uh, unless Maxine Dupree was it. That's what it should have been. They fired Max Dupree and brought in Maxine Dupree, and it was actually Ricker as Maxine Dupree. Yeah, I, now I totally, that would have been a pop. I totally agree with that. Did you see? Because you said you didn't see some of SummerSlam. Did you see? Speaking of the sponsorship, so Pure Water was the uh, the sponsor, and they did one of the most unbelievably funny. Uh, you know, commercials with uh, with MMM and, and Mace and Mansoor doing uh, just pouring that water all over themselves and each other. And it was just phenomenally done. Um, it looks like that's the kind of stuff they are going to be doing is, you know, putting brand stuff when they have it uh, with, the, you know, with that agency, which is not a bad way to go. And I think it's going to be one of those things where like, uh, like Fandango, uh, you know, teaming up with, uh, 
with Tyler Breeze where you didn't see it coming that that team made something of, you know, the garbage they were given. And it looks like that they're on their way to doing this with MMM. Um, but on the other hand, you have Sefa doing some great things in NXT with uh, Von Wagner. And it looks like Lacey, it looks like, uh, you know, Zoe Stark is the next NXT women's champion. Yeah, knock on wood. It's it. She's looking. She's looking ready, man. Um, I'm looking for. I'm looking for the sports book that uh, bet online. I'm waiting for the line to go up. I'm hammering it on Zoe Stark. <laughs> and if she does lose, and you lose your shirt, then uh, you know Tom Howard is going to get a different text from you. <laughs> Let's just say, I know things. That's uh, that's that's you know, I, I'm gonna well, give out the Joe DeFalco. It's been a long time. The Joe DeFalco mortgage closer, one eight hundred Joe wins. I'm giving it to you absolutely free of charge. Load up, next NXT Women's Champion Zoe Stark. Bet it before the line goes up. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. We'll. Uh... Maybe put down a little bet on behalf of the show and see if uh, we can, uh, you know, turn some some uh, some cash into some gold. Uh, as uh, hopefully Zoe will be doing soon. Um, as we wrap up here, w one of the big things uh, in baseball that happened uh, yesterday was not the Juan De Soto trade, but the fact that the Mets gained a starting pitcher <laughs> in Jacob Degrom. Wow, man! He looked. What a good. trade! They, what yeah. a trade they got him for! What was that? I said it was a great trade. They got him yeah. for nothing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bringing him, bringing him, you know, in right at that moment, uh, you know, because he was ready. How do you think that impacts the chance of the Mets now? Uh, because it it looks like you're going to have the Dodgers, you're going to have the Mets, you're going to have. Milwaukee, and then possibly in the wild card. Milwaukee's situation. got no shot. San Diego is the team to watch out for. I was just going to say, San Diego and, and the Cardinals are going to be kind of the wild card and the Braves. So you're looking at those six teams kind of, uh, you know, swimming in the water. Um, I remember years ago they had the uh, they had a Subway Series with the Mets and Yankees. It was a big deal, but the problem was the Mets weren't very good that year. You know, they were a mediocre team who just got hot, and then the Yankees smashed them. You know, right now, you know, if I'm the Yankees, Mr. Judge, how much money do you want? And just give it to him. Yeah. He's got 44 homers. Like, I don't know how anybody pitches to him. It's like he's Barry Bonds in his prime. Yeah. <laughs> and how – you can let Aaron Judge hit a walk-off homer to beat you. I remember with Barry Bonds, the bases would be loaded. And they would walk him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Rather give up the one run instead of the potential grand slam. Or in Barry's case, too, it's funny because, uh, I, you know, this isn't as prevalent in baseball nowadays because of how everything's done. 
but a hitter like Bonds, you you saw the long ball abilities, but he was still a guy who could easily find the gap, hit a double, and drive in three runs on a double. He didn't have to hit it over the wall. And I think that a guy like Judge is on the verge of becoming that kind of player uh, where, you know, you're right. The Yankees have no excuse of not keeping him because they are the biggest market team. Why would you not sign that guy to a contract that he deserves? And these contracts are ridiculous, but the owners know this, you know? So dish out the money. Take the luxury tax if you have to. It's like, hey, this is what we offered Soto. This is what we're paying this guy. We'll give you another $5 million a year. Who cares? It's the Yankees. Ten years for an extra $50 million? He's going to get it anyway. You know, you're paying Stanton like $30 million, So why shouldn't you pay your homegrown talent who has gotten better every year? You know, him and Gary Sanchez, when they came up, they were the two monsters. And now Gary Sanchez has been on three other teams. And yeah. he's horrible. And he never adjusted. You know, that's the big deal. Everybody can come out and they can get hot and they can hit a bunch of homers. But then when everybody has seen you, they adjust, and now you have to adjust. And it's obvious Aaron Judge, who was a 260 hitter, has adjusted because now he's a 300 hitter yeah. who has all the homers in the world. And he's batting second. So, you know, he's getting less opportunities to drive in runs because he's batting second. Where if yeah. he was batting third or fourth, you know, there's a good chance that the guys in front of him get on, and now he's hitting three-run homers or two-run singles and things like that. As for the Mets, the Mets are one of the best teams in baseball. But playoff time, they're going to need the right pitchers. Yeah. And having Scherzer as the number one and having DeGrom as the 1A, you know, I'll tell you what, I was off on that, man. I, I thought Syndergaard was, was the best pitcher of that group. And he probably was until he got hurt because now he's a bum. And, yeah. again, is he a bum? Well, no, he's not a bum. The guy had arm problems, and, and I've seen it. You know, the best pitchers, now they got to adjust themselves. And the guy who throws 98 throwing 92. Now you can hit that guy. So, yeah. But having DeGrom for the playoffs, and, again, yeah, that's great. DeGrom's back. Well, how long is he going to last? Every year we've seen issues with him with his arm that – you know, he never lasts the season anyway. Yeah. So, you know, they, they got, you know, the Bassett dude who seems pretty good, you know, but they're not going to win the World Series with Bassett as their number two pitcher against the Dodgers. You know, right. to me, that if the Mets are going to go to the World Series, they got to get through the Dodgers. The Dodgers have proven themselves. Like, yeah, the trade deadline was yesterday. They'll still pick up somebody good you know, before the waiver deadline at the end of this coming month. Right. And, you know, everybody talks about the Astros. I, I believe the Yankees are a better team. Yeah, it's going to be it, – it's more of an exciting uh, atmosphere, I think, this year because of the fact that you have a clear line on some of these dominant teams. And it's going to be interesting to see if any of those wildcard teams, you know – pull off that upset, that major upset. Um, or if a team like, let's say the Twins, 
win the division and end up playing the Yankees, can the Twins finally beat the Yankees in the playoffs? No, nope. Just... nope. <laughs> no shot. The, is that, the Twins is that... are that uh, small market team that overexcels, but they never have enough to win the World Series. And, you know, again, they, it's about getting hot, but Sonny Gray is one of your best pitchers, so that already answers it. Sonny Gray is the pitching equivalent of Joey Gallo in uh, New York. Well, Joey Gallo is now an L.A. Dodger, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, now they'll put him in against right-handers and pinch hit, and he'll do well. And, yeah. and that's the thing. It's like they got – why didn't last year when they brought in Gallo just platoon him and Voight? Voight crushed left-handers. Gallo crushed right-handers. Instead, they felt the need to – get rid of Luke Voigt, who the year before, even though it was the shortened season, led the league in homers. Yeah. And the other guy is a career like 190 hitter. So, yeah. you know, I could talk baseball all day. The Joe DeFalco baseball podcast, yo. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to wrap up here again uh, this Saturday, August 6th, uh, 7 p.m. at the FSW Arena. Uh, it's going to be a History. Night History will be made. Yeah, we're going to. We have gonna... one, two, three, four. We've had five women's champions in our history. So we will now have a sixth. Unless Maserati takes the deal. <laughs> Well, that's going to be interesting to see. Find out if Maserati uh, shows up, and uh, well, may you know. maybe we'll see if Taya or uh, Heather Monroe's available too. Uh, you know, you never know. Taya, I think, uh, I think she could easily step on in, and if she comes in, hey, why not yeah. bring uh, bring uh, Johnny uh, with her? So we could Johnny Mecca, the man yeah. who never lost the title. Right. Well, right. here you go. I got a proposition for you. Taya Valkyrie could be represented by the Vegas bad boys as long as you pay her exorbitant uh, salary. <laughs> Appearance fee. But the good news is, is, included with the appearance fee, I'll get her to do your podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's more, I... it, it, that's more than you get from the other place, brother. Right. <laughs> well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to see what the uh, the fee is, and uh, we'll have to see if our uh, our investors uh, can come up with the cash. Um, I'm I'm assuming it's about a hundred and fifty dollars, right? Yeah, something like that. Somewhere between like a hundred and twelve hundred. It's like yeah. right in there. It's close. Oh man. Well. Um, that's going on uh, again if you can't be there fsw network 699 a month uh you can see the uh, last high octane that happened a couple weeks ago and uh catch this one on saturday and then uh get yourself ready for uh the 21st and uh survival of the fittest which is going to happen at uh, the silver nugget and uh is shaping up to be something uh as the next few weeks we're going to hear uh you know going to be some uh, good wrestling going on on that Yeah, it'll show. be at the uh, Hefe Bet Event Center. 
And therefore, uh, the Suavecitos, uh, you know, I think they're going to be asking you for free beer, figuring that the Hefe owns it. So, uh, Unfortunately, yeah. uh, to order beer at the Hefe uh, uh, Bed Event Center, you have to be high enough to actually order it. To ride the ride. <laughs> so, you know, Danny might have to see if Brett the Thread will do it for him. <laughs> So, are you saying that uh, that Danny and Brett kind of together is kind of like uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins? Is that what we're getting Close. at? Close, yes. <laughs> oh, there you have it, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this week. And uh, until next week, everyone, have a good one. We'll see you then.